Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mercy Poured Forth. My name is Shell Wagner. So glad you came to join me today. It's so fun this day to see everybody here in the chat. Everybody's talking about we're having our morning coffee together. And Robert and I are doing the same. He's right behind me. <laughs> and it's so good to have him home here today. You know, as uh, in the United States, of course, it's the holiday of Thanksgiving. And so, um, a lot of us have plans with uh, probably extended family and different things today. And so I appreciate you taking your time this morning to, to be here and to be together. And um, I'm going to just kind of talk to you about, I guess, what's on my heart with all this this morning. You know, I was watching James's Mercy poured forth um, yesterday and I had watched what Lee had done, you know, about Thanksgiving on Monday and everything is working so perfectly and what we do have to be so thankful for when James was talking about that, the basically that salvation message yesterday. And I thought, you know, what could be more on target than that, than, than to be thinking about the gratitude just for having, you know, not just for, but the gratitude of knowing how to walk with Yah and, and become part of his family. So that was wonderful. And, and I appreciate him doing that. So what I woke up with on my heart is, um, you know, the word live or strive has been really on my heart lately. I had a long conversation with a friend, a close friend of mine yesterday, and we were, we were talking about just sometimes how, in life, it can start becoming that struggle. You guys can see Quincy decided to join me for Mercy Poured Force. She's behind me. So life can, we can get into a mode of like, we're just working, 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 striving for everything, trying to get everything just right. And especially you see that kind of, you know, at this time of the year for a lot of people, um, there are a lot more family gatherings and different things going on. And, um, and Yah's really been trying to speak to my heart, um, even concerning health issues, saying you've got to learn how to stop striving and just live, just live in my presence. Right. And so I'm trying to let some of these words really marinate in me so that I can cooperate more fully with Yah. So I wanted to share with you just a few things you put on my heart about that. So I'm going to add it to the screen. So I'm wearing my shirt. Wait, let me move this away so you guys can see. My friend uh, Lee designed this shirt, Lee Carruthers, and it's designed off of Genesis 2-7, right? And it's the set of lungs, okay? And, and it's the breath of life. So... That's the first verse. I'm wearing that to my family <laughs> gathering today. And um, and so here's the verse. It's Genesis 2, 7. And Yahweh Elohim formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. And Lee, would you put a link into the... Um, 
Uh, I want to put one on the description of this and then one in the chat where people, if they would like to get one of these awesome shirts, they can find it. So if you or James would do that, because I love it. It's, it's like my favorite shirt. <laughs> so it, it's well-made, comfortable. I just love it. Um, and it's a great witnessing tool, right? Because it's about life. And, and, and that's what people are longing for. Okay, so when that breath of life was given, we became that living soul, right? And, and we know out of Deuteronomy that life, Yah says life is a choice. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, he says, I call the heavens and the earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. You know, I'm really trying to zero in on this seed. And, and as Lee and I are getting ready to go into our next um, series concerning the, the tribes and the, and the, and epigenetics and generational curses and spiritual warfare and learning how to walk this stuff out. I mean, there's going to be a lot to it and we're really excited and it also requires that, you know, I do this in, in my life and then it perpetuates right to the generations that are in my life. So what I have really heard Yah speaking to me lately is that he would like for me to learn how to cease striving for things and just live, just live with him. Right. So that I take that stress and pressure off of myself. Thank you. James just put that. So I'm going to, I'm going to add that so you guys can see. This is the link to the shirt. Thank you, James. Awesome. Okay. So this is what y'all has been speaking to me is to cease striving and start living. Okay. So strive is used several times in the scripture. It comes up in several different numbers, but this is what I was seeing. And so I gave us a little word picture here for today because I'm not doing an audio. So I'm doing it here at Mercy Poured Forth. So the one I decided I wanted to zero in on today is not saw. It's a noon here. We've got it in the in the um, modern script. So you can see the noon. You we've got the um, zadi and the hay. And so we see that, of course, the noon here in the pictograph is um, the seeds going forth. The seed that was hidden in the ground is sprouting new life. It's the generations going forth. So we know that this is uh, connected. There's a connection to the generations. Okay. So, and here is the Zadi. And in this case, this, this, Man is literally laying on the ground. And I, I'm looking at that going out of pure exhaustion, right? And so it's like, behold, like, take a look at this, right? So we're beholding when man is is put to the point where you're you're laying on the ground and it affects your your generations, right? That that has been because of the striving that we've been doing. So I put to strive means it hooks your life because it's, it's like a man that's been hooked and, and drugged down, right? It hooks your life because here's the life, the seed and your seed's life, 
right? It, it, so it's like, pay attention. If you're striving, this is what's going to happen to you. Okay. And this is why he would rather us just take hold of, of him and, and allow him to produce life in us. So in studying that, some of the things that, that I've been looking at, there's a really good book. This is one of the ones that I've been reading kind of in preparation for some things. He looks at certain disease aspects and looks at, well, what could be some spiritual things that are affecting these, these disease aspects? Well, one that I really deal with and have since I was kind of poisoned and, and got the Lyme and the different things, you know, and I believe it's uh, weaponized pathogens. And, I, and I've actually, I've, I've been going through um, well-being by design with Dr. Monzo and having everything checked. And it came back that it absolutely is coming from weaponized pathogens in my body. And that's what I've been fighting for so long. And he's going to help me. I'm, I'm just getting ready to get started on his protocol. And I'm so excited about that. And I'll let you guys know like how that's going for me. Um, because I've been struggling with this, with this for a long time. And he was able to explain in my report why so many of the things that I have done really that should have been good and were, were suggested even by all the alternative physicians actually caused my body more harm. And I'm really excited about that. So I was looking at this chronic fatigue syndrome and, and he's talking in his book. Now, this is Dr. Henry Wright. He's saying the root is in stress, right? And that's exactly too what comes back on the on the report. You know, the roots in stress, and behind it is a drivenness to earn approval and love from an authority figure, usually a parent. The person seeks to earn this approval and love by being successful in the world. Certain cultures are especially driven by this need for approval through success. People from these cultures feel additional pressure to receive approval from their community at large, and it becomes a great burden, right? So it's, it's talking about here, the person with chronic fatigue disorder needs to embrace the truth that we were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. The cure is to repent and release that drive to succeed for the wrong reasons and realize you have value. You don't have to earn love. God is love and God will always accept you if you turn to him. All stress disorders involve leaning on yourself or others to be your source instead of trusting God. Don't look to yourself or others as your source of approval or success. Um, that is very stressful and will never produce the right outcome. Trust God. He is your source. You know, this is one of the things that I was talking to my girlfriend about yesterday when we were on the phone. Um, I was telling her, you know, sometimes I will feel like stress, you know, hit me different pressures or whatever. And I've noticed that instead, sometimes of just being able to totally submit that to Yah, I'll open my mouth about it, usually to my husband, and then I've put more stress on him. And he's already doing everything he knows how to do. So it's like the foolish woman tearing down your own house, right? That when we don't just abandon ourselves to Yah and say, you know what? I refuse to allow this because what I'm realizing is 
these thoughts all hit, right? And they're choices. And so each time I've got the choice to say, you know, I don't have to do this. I can choose to do this a different way. I can choose to not talk about it, but maybe instead take it to prayer and use Yah's sword that he gave me. And, you know, I would think that I'm doing that a lot, but obviously I need to still be doing it more because the pressures in this world are pretty intense. You know, they just are. So here is another one that I've been reading, and this really deals a lot. She deals a lot with that epigenetic level. And her name is Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and it's called Switch on Your Brain. And so I was just looking at her little thing that she's talking about stress, right? She said, stress stage one is normal. This is our alert state that keeps us focused and conscious and is the state we are in when we are thinking in alignment with God. Stress stage two and stage three, however, are our mind and body's response to toxic thinking. Normal stress gone wrong. <laughs> Even a little bit of these negative levels of stress from a little bit of toxic thinking has far-reaching consequences for mental and physical health. The dictionary defines stress as a condition typically characterized by symptoms of mental and physical tension or strain as depression or hypertension that can result from a reaction to a situation in which a person feels threatened or pressured, etc. Synonyms for stress include anxiety, nervousness, fearfulness, apprehensiveness, impatience, fear, tenseness, and restlessness. Reaction is the key word here. You cannot control the events or circumstances of your life, but you can control your reactions and controlling those reactions is the difference between healthy minds and bodies and sick minds and bodies, right? So I just thought that that was, you know, a, a great amount of information she's talking about in here, how our thinking can change our DNA. She said, taking this to a deeper level, research shows that DNA actually changes shape according to our thoughts. As you think those negative thoughts about the future, the week ahead, what a person might say or do, even in the absence of the concrete stimulus, the very toxic thinking will change your brain wiring in a negative direction and throw your mind and body into stress, right? So the toxic thinking wears down our brain, okay? And we don't want to do that. It says that uh, science and scripture both show that we are wired for love and optimism. And so when we react by thinking negatively, and making negative choices, the quality of our thinking suffers, which means the quality of our brain architecture suffers. It's comforting and challenging to know that negative thinking is, is not the norm. It doesn't have to be the norm for us, right? Uh, you guys have some great um, comments here. Let me just take a, a minute to show just wow. Um, ex excited for you to get answers. I know Lee's talking about, you know, what's happening with my report from Dr. Monzo and beginning to work with him. I'm excited too, because 
you know, I, when I got sick was in 2014 and I have battled every single day since then. So to start getting some answers will be a wonderful thing. Shalom, Oliver. Thank you for joining us. And Robert's talking um, here about control of my actions is what makes the most, uh, what takes the most guidance from y'all. Yeah, it is. It's our reaction to things. And so with that, that's the perfect lead in, sweetheart, to what I wanted to finish um, sharing, which is some scriptures for us. So here's some of my favorites for dealing with these things, right? Philippians chapter four, I'm starting in verse six, and I'm going to have a little of my coffee. <laughs> Lee's comments making me laugh. Let me add it for a minute. It says, Shalom, Oliver. Me too, Robert. I pray a lot for Yahweh to be in charge of my mouth because I am not good at it. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat there, Lee. <laughs> it takes a lot of prayer, right? Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto Elohim. It does make a difference for me when I can just start my day by saying, thank you. Like as soon as I wake up, thank you for the breath that is in my lungs, you know, that despite whatever's come against me, I'm still breathing. I'm still here. I still have the ability to say your name, Yahweh, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I can be grateful for that. You know, there's so many things as I begin to look around in the morning when I just wake up, you know, I was sustained through the night. I woke up in a safe and warm place. My husband is in, um, is still here and breathing. You know, I've got a faithful dog that loves me. You know, I have food to eat and a warm shower to take and clean clothes to put on. I mean, there's, it's sometimes it's the simple things and, and realizing that those things are are wonderful and they're a privilege, right? They're not a right, they're a privilege. Okay, so that's like with with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known, right? It makes a huge difference to come to Elohim when we come with that heart, a, a grateful heart for what he's already done. And it says in verse seven, in the peace of Elohim, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Mashiach, Yahusha. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, and this is Paul talking, do the Elohi Shalom shall be with you, right? That makes all the difference when his peace descends. We need the Elohi of Shalom to be with us in all circumstances. And it happens by what we've decided to think about. That's that's the answer, directing those thoughts. And Isaiah uh, chapter 26, verse three and four, it says, you will guard him in perfect peace. That's that perfect shalom whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 
Trust ye in Yahweh forever, for in Yah Yahweh is everlasting strength. He is that strength when I don't have the strength, right? Then in 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 4, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For Elohim resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of Elohim, that he may exalt you in due time. It takes humility to not just plow through and think that you can figure it all out yourself. It takes being willing to humble ourselves and say, you know what? Left to me, I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to, you know, hurt somebody by plowing through Help me to instead humble myself, fall on my knees and say, you're my answer. Let me humble myself underneath your hand that you may raise me up and that I don't have to strive for the things that I'm trying to accomplish in my life, but that I'm going to humble myself before you. I'm, and then it's, I love this verse in, in verse seven, it says, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you, right? I love that. He loves us. He cares for us. He cares about what's going on in our life. He doesn't want us stressing ourselves out, making ourselves sick, right? He wants us to be able to just fall into his arms and trust him and relax and relax enough to where then our mind can hear what he's saying to us, right? Because when we get into the strife and the struggle, it becomes very hard to hear his clear directions on where the answers are. And he already knows the answers. He knows what we need. So I believe this is what he's trying to say here in verse eight, be sober, right? It, there's a quietness, a confidence, a, a sober mindedness. When you're sober minded, it's your mind's not besotted with the things of this world, but it's, it's quiet. It, it's in order. It's sober. It's alert to the answers, right? Instead of being besotted. So be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour, right? We do have an enemy who wants us to be stressed out and sick all the time whom resists steadfast in the faith. It's like, as that stuff's hitting you, every aggravation that can come your way, being able to say, nope, I'm going to resist. I'm going to stay steadfast in the fact that I know God desires life for me. He desires good things for me, right? And so I'm just going to hold on to, to that. And, and I know I'm not alone in this. Like I'm not a special target of the enemy, right? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in my brethren that are in the world. I know my brothers and sisters are going through the same trials I am, and we're going to stick together and overcome, right? By his word, but the Elohim of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Mashiach Yahusha, after that you have suffered a while, will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. 
To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. Now, before I share this, I just wanted to tell you later today, I had um, J- James and Lee had recorded during uh, right before Sukkot, the Psalms of Ascent so that they could play them for us. So we're going to be replaying those today. So if you need some encouragement, because Thanksgiving to me, I believe that the history of it um, from those who brought the practice was really a like like celebrating a second Sukkot right? When they were in peace and safety and celebrating the harvest, because that's what even Sukkot is about. It's it's a harvest celebration. All, all of the feasts are harvest celebrations, but it's all about the joy. And so these Psalms of Ascent are about Psalms of, of climbing higher, right? Of, of, of elevation. And how do we elevate except in our hope in, in Yah? So I wanted to bring out just a few verses from these. Um, Psalm 121, this is where it starts. It's the, the Psalms of Ascent are 120 through 134. So here's the very first line, in my distress, right? In my stressed out condition, in my unease, what did I do? I cried unto El Yahweh and he heard me, right? He hears our cries. Then skipping to Psalm 124, uh, 7 and 8, our soul has is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken. We are escaped. Our help is in the name of Yahweh who made heaven and earth, right? That's our nefesh. That's where it gets us, right? That's where Hasatan tries to get us, right? In that nefesh. It's everything I'm thinking about and and my will, (laughs) right? And then Psalm 128, 4 through 6 says, Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that fears Yahweh. Yahweh shall bless you out of Zion, and you shall see the good of Yerushalayim. All the days of your life, you, yea, you shall see your children's children in peace upon Yasharel. What is that? That's the seed. That's the genome. That's the generations. That's our progeny. That's uh, that's our kids and our grandkids and our grandkids' kids, right? Uh, everything that's right on our heart all the time. Then in Psalm 131, uh, verse 2, surely... I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. It's saying right there, I don't have to just have the milk all the time, but I'm a weaned child. My soul can handle the meat of the word that Yah has to share with me, right? And then finally, this one, and and this is... uh, Uh, One of the last ones, um, 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down down upon the beard, even Aharon's beard that went down to the skirt of his garments as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there Yahweh commanded the blessing even life forevermore. That's what y'all wants for us, life forevermore. 
Mm. I want to I want to share a few things here. Uh, good morning, Nina. So glad to have you joining us. And she's just saying, yes, we've got to hold those thoughts captive right when they hit. And then Betty, thank you so much. She says, Betty says, praying y'all will protect and heal all of our broken places and remind us second by second of his plan of peace for our lives. Thank you for that prayer, Betty. I, I certainly appreciate that. And I know we all need that, you know, for the different things going on in our lives. So thank you so much for sharing that. Robert and I both wish you all a happy Thanksgiving today. If, if you're celebrating um, with family, friends, you know, whatever the situation may be, if your fellowship is just with y'all alone, may you have peace and shalom. Um, may you enjoy the fellowship of, 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 of the chat as the Psalms play today. So we just wish you blessing and shalom and um, bye-bye for now. Have a wonderful day. Hey!